All right, hello everyone. This is Jeannie Norris, and I am trying out something new with a podcast called Side Tripper. And (laughs) with me is my husband, Phil Norris. Hello there. And we're just having fun on a Saturday night. Going to talk some science. Um, Awesome. So the premise for this podcast is that I love going on little day trips with my family in Missouri and places close by to Missouri, mostly like Illinois. And when I do that, I like to figure out the science of whatever area that we're going to. So we love taking hikes and we love thinking about science. I have a kid, uh, he's in second grade and you know, he kind of likes going with us on these trips. He's kind of curious. He's kind of curious. Yeah. He, I hope someday will appreciate what we're mm-hmm. showing him because the types of things that he sees, I could only dream of seeing and I only saw in photographs when I was a kid. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, he will someday reflect on that and think about how cool it is that he got to see all this stuff. So my hope in doing this podcast is to show you all what cool science things you can figure out just by going on a little day trip with your family. Um, We will mostly focus on the Midwest and Missouri um, and maybe do some some national sorts of things when we have the money to do that. Um, So today, for our inaugural podcast, Mm -hmm. we're going to look at something that I didn't even know existed until today, until I did a little Google search, which is kind of cool. So it's called Tymon Shuddens. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's T-I-E-M-A-N-N, Tymon Shuddens. What's the name of the park? And I I think that is, oh, oh, right. Millstream, because it's like that St. Charles place. So it's, it's Millstream Gardens Conservation Area. Thank you, Phil. See, I knew knew you were on this podcast (laughs) for a reason. Um, But the place that we went to at this Millstream Gardens conservation area is called Tymon Shut-Ins, and it's on the St. Francis River. Um, It's about an hour and a half away from St. Louis, and it's not too bad of a drive, actually. You go down 55, and then you go down 67, and... Then they take you on this weird little side road that you're, like, not too sure. Yeah, the roads, they take you off of 67, and then you go down, like, what was it, MM, and then you take a right. Don't trust these instructions. Yeah. <laughs> Just Google it. Yeah, use your quest. Use your Siri. <laughs> but the road that they take you on, it's like, what? Like, am I supposed to be driving down here? This is a very rough road, and it's a very... Backwoods Road, is there a state park on this road? And then all of a sudden you're on this highway again. Another highway, yeah. <laughs> so it, maybe it's a shortcut or something, but you know. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's not too bad of a drive, an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, and then you get there and, and you're like, okay, is this really going to be cool? You get out and it's just this very unassuming trailhead. Um, I think it was called like the Turkey Creek Trail or um mm-hmm. I'll include those details that, yeah. in the link. Don't <laughs> worry. Um, and and you get out and you're like, wow, it's really quiet. All I hear is the wind. 
It's yeah, it's, yeah, just like that. You're really bringing me there. Yeah. And nicely paved trail. Too. Very nicely paved. Um, it would be handicap accessible on this trail that we went, except there was a downed tree, which a dang tree brings me to my first sort of science thing that you can talk about if you go there. I learned that there was something called a derrico, which again. I did not know this existed until today. Um, and a Derrico is like an inland hurricane. And these are straight line winds that um, were up to 120 miles per hour. And basically they destroyed a bunch of trees in 2009 in this area, like just ripped them up out of the ground. Um, and so we found some evidence of that when you walk through the trail um, and you'll just see like downed trees some of them were cut so i don't know if that was truly from the derrico but um some of them you could see the roots exposed and interestingly enough they left those trees there because they provide a good habitat for the little critters like the salamanders that are running around there um so they they left the downed trees um and i and that yeah. tree that crosses the trail mm -hmm. potentially was there long enough to maybe have kept this trail anti-handicap <sighs> accessible since yeah. 2009, but, you know. That's true. That is weird, actually. I know. So maybe yeah. maybe, maybe we'll get they the word out. That. Yeah, yeah, get the word out and get some saws out there and fix it. But Yeah, it would be an easy fix. Great, but it, great trail. And it's pretty flat for the, for the most part until you get to the... Um, the river overlook. Yeah. Um, so as you're you're walking through there, you'll see a lot of pine, shortleaf pine, and I don't know. I I thought that this was something that happened not in Missouri to have these pine forests, and I find them really beautiful. They're just so skinny and they're really really tall, and if you look up, you can see them swaying in the wind. Mm -hmm. They're just beautiful structures, and what I learned is that. Missouri used to have a lot more pine forests, and shortleaf pines are the only native Missouri pines, I think. Um, and what I learned was that the reason that we don't have a lot of shortleaf pines anymore is because um, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, we were taking down a lot of these pines for um, lumber. Hmm. And when that happens... Um, the oaks and the hickories take over. Um, and not only that, we were decreasing the amount of wildfires because, you know, before white people had settled this area, native peoples were lighting wildfires and that actually helped maintain huh. like our prairie lands and apparently these shortleaf pine forests yeah. because they're, they're fire hardy. Um, and so when all of these things, when we were cutting down these shortleaf pines and stopping the wildfires, that led to oaks and hickories um, dominating our forests. And I'm just really sad about that because yeah. I think that oak forests, I mean, they're cool. I don't know. I'm biased. I just Pretty think that in the, the spring and summer, I guess. I mean, the pines are just so much more beautiful. Oh, yeah. Um, interesting i didn't know that i i didn't know that either so that was pretty cool so you walk these through these this pine and cedar sort of forest and you can see a lot of the new growth of the pines that have come as a result of that derrico so you have like a lot of young pines that you'll see on this one mile trail to the river 
Um, and then you get to the the shut-ins, the cat's paw, they call it. Um, I don't know, maybe... And I still want to know why they call it the cat's paw. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they call it the cat's paw. Maybe it looks like a cat's paw in some way. Um, but you get to this overlook and you see the shut-ins. And it is amazing. So a shut-in, I found out by a little Googling, um, is basically when you have some igneous rock and igneous rocks are pretty tough i guess right phil harder to erode than say sedimentary yeah right so sedimentary rocks are easier for the rivers to carve through um but igneous rocks are tougher and so when you look down you'll see a bunch of these like boulder looking things and they're kind of narrowing the pathway of the river and the river normally i mean water is amazing water will break down so much much um, you know pretty much anything over time right if it given if it's given enough time but this igneous rock is really tough to break down and so the river becomes more narrow um and so it's like um it's just like you know blood pressure or like circuits or things yeah. like that you know yeah. when you decrease the diameter you sort of increase the pressure of the water yeah the, the uh -huh. current. yeah exactly and so the water starts to rush yeah um and and so you get this kind of white water effect that i have really only ever like seen in photographs like in the west in the west you know like looking yeah and you really see it when we if you're facing the river when we took that trail that took us up right mm -hmm. um i don't know what direction mm -mm. that is but it showed us another uh snapshot of the river and like yeah there was this actual perfect example of the igneous rock like just narrowed the river by half mm -hmm. and it just was rushing through there it was it was, it was incredibly looking it was it was great yeah, I mean, I was I was astounded. I did not know that I was going to see this beautiful overlook when I walked down this trail. I mean, they said it was a river overlook, but I don't know. I just, I, I wasn't expecting it, and it was just rushing. And then at that point, I realized that that sound that I heard that I thought was the wind at the beginning mm -hmm. was the water rushing. Yeah. And um, it was loud. It was so loud. And it was awesome. It yeah. was just, it was really powerful. So the shut-ins were beautiful. Again, it's when the water is narrowed in a river due to some really tough igneous rocks that are sort of blocking the water from widening that pathway. Um, and I think it was also really cool to just notice that when you went to other parts of the of the conservation area, like there's another place you can go like the... Um, the picnic area and the river access mm -hmm. and it's a lot calmer and I mean even though it's like it's bending you know you can see the river bending mm -hmm. but it's it must be bending through a different type of rock or something because like it just it didn't have that same rushing narrowed effect yeah. to it well there was twice that we drove over the river just getting there mm -hmm. and we're like this looks very unassuming it's yeah. like this small it wasn't anything it was barely moving yeah. And then where we got where we got at the end of the trail, it was just rushing. It was gushing. It was totally. Yeah. And we heard. I read that um, kayakers come through there, mm -hmm. so you'd have to be a really experienced kayaker. Well, too. the signs of the park too said like, 
you should not put your boat mm -hmm. in here if you're the, the next two miles are rushing currents mm -hmm. like they give you warnings about that that's crazy and so some some other things that you'll notice if you're walking on this trail you'll see a lot of the rocks that are kind of similar to elephant rock if you've ever been to elephant rocks um they're just like these big granite rocks now they're not as big as elephant rocks of course but they're they're much smaller but they have the same lichens on there and um, if you don't know what a lichen is, it is a, a an example of a mutualism. So it's an or it's an organism that is formed when two organisms live so closely together that they really can't live without each other. And what mutualism means is that they both benefit from living together. Um, so this lichen is an algae and a fungus living together and we call that a lichen and so um, what the fungus provides is like a safe place for the algae to live and the algae provides food because it's it's a plant basically and so it does photosynthesis and it makes its own food it makes its own sugars um, and other food and so it will um, provide it will share some of that food with the fungus and so what you get out of that, it's really like, it's like artwork. You'll see these beautiful, like leaf-like formations, but they're not leaves. Um, they're, they just look like it. And so it's an algae and a fungus mixed together. That's a lichen. Um, and you'll see a lot of green shield lichens on this granite. And they're beautiful because like they just kind of have this gradation of color and they move from this sort of a... Uh, like spring green if you're a Crayola fan you'll know what I'm talking about and then it moves out to this like seafoam green and it's just a beautiful change of color and we saw a lot of those and they form like circular splotches and what I learned is that lichens take years to even grow like a, a quarter of an inch mm -hmm. and so we're seeing these lichens that are like six inches plus across mm -hmm. you know they've got to be super old i guess i mean compared Do to a math. human age yeah. right yeah. <laughs> um so so not old in the scheme of the rocks though which brings me to the next thing that i really want to talk about um and that's the saint francis mountains so Another cool fact that I learned today is that the St. Francis Mountains are some of the oldest mountains in North America. So right here in Missouri, we have some of the oldest mountains in the whole um, of, of America. And they formed 1.5 billion years ago. And so that's why they're so... 1.5 billion. I know that yeah. that's like that's so old, right? Yeah. I mean, considering like the or earth the itself is the... like 4.5 billion years old, right? Yeah, and right. and the Rockies, so the the Appalachian Mountains are 460 million years ago. They, that's when they formed. And the Rockies are 140 million years ago. And these St. Francis Mountains are 1.5 billion years old. It's quite a bit more. That's yeah. so much more, right? <laughs> and and that's why they're so, like, 
not impressive, I guess, you know, because the ages have worn them down. They've been weathered, yeah. Yeah, they've been extremely weathered, but they're still beautiful and, and large for the area, I would I say. Didn't, I mean, like you said, they've been weathered. Yeah. I didn't notice them. We were driving because I was, you know, 10 and 2, trying to <laughs> you're such look a good at the sport. road, right? <laughs> and then you're like, look at those. And like these, these blue little lumps in the horizon. And like, they were very pretty, but... Like to think that, yeah, they're that old. They're That's gorgeous. Incredible. And, and so what I learned about them, and we actually, so this will be a whole other podcast, but we actually had volcanic activity in Missouri at this time, right? So that, that will be a Hughes Mountain podcast. I look forward to revisiting Hughes Mountain sometime. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, 1.5 billion years. And what I learned was that these mountains were at such a high point that they are one of the only spaces in Missouri that was never, that was not underwater. And so a lot of Missouri, we'll do some later podcasts talking about how Missouri yeah. used to be underwater. Yeah. And the way that they know is that they don't find any marine fossils on these mountains. And so they formed islands in an archipelago... Oh, God. Bill, <laughs> you cursed me. No, no, no. Don't look to me to say it. <laughs> archipelago? Okay, let's there go, go with that. <laughs> that. You cursed me. It's all right. Um, so it formed an archipelago, which is amazing to think that Missouri used to have, you know, like, think about, like, what, the Galapagos, maybe, mm -hmm. or Hawaii, or mm -hmm. something like that, you know, just islands, and so they, of course, like islands do, at the base of them, they have coral reefs, okay, so that brings me to pretty much the final thing that I wanted to talk about um, that was so special about this trip, when you drive down to, um, what is it called? Millstream Gardens Conservation mm -hmm. Area, you are driving through Missouri's old lead belt. And lead has a pretty nasty reputation environmentally, yes, rightfully so. Yeah. Um, but Missouri is actually one of the top producers, miners and producers of lead. Still, right? Still today, 70% yeah. of the lead in the United States comes from Missouri. And a lot of that lead is going to batteries, hmm. which I did not, I guess I knew that. I like car batteries, I think, has lead. I am not sure. I mean, I guess that makes sense, though. So the coral reefs, I need to, I really should ask a scientist about this. But the coral reefs were apparently somehow involved in the creation of the mineralized fluids that ended up creating these ore deposits of lead. Um, so check it out sometime. You know, Missouri State um, Mineral is Galena. Yeah. Which, do you know anything about Galena? I just know it's kind of silvery, shiny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a, and it's very cubic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Galena has lead in it. Yeah. Um, and that's our state mineral. So that's an interesting factoid. Um, but the lead belt, like, for example, you know, Herculaneum was home uh -huh. to 
a lead smeltering facility. Um, so you can do some interesting research about Doe Run and all the environmental cleanup that they had to do based on um, the lead smeltering, mining and smeltering activities that they were doing. But that that ore was formed at the base of the St. Francis Mountains thanks to some coral reef activity. Um, so just some interesting history tie-in to this area. Um, so, you know, some interesting questions, you know, that you could ask yourself or your family whenever you're going through here. Yeah. I mean, I thought, you know, why is the river rushing? You know, and, and you can talk about the igneous rock um, mm -hmm. and the St. Francis Mountains, which are made of that igneous rock, um, and the volcanic activity that happened in Missouri so, so long ago. Um, so you can think about that. You can think about, you know, why are those lichens growing on the granite? Um, you know, they really like that sort of environment. Um, what do you think, Phil? Anything else? You can look at like the the upended trees and think yeah. you know what caused that upending, yeah. and why do the, why are they staying there and how is that helping? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I I think that when you get in, when you start walking on the trail, just like looking around and just pointing at something and asking asking your kids like. What about that? Why do you think that is? Like, I mean, in, in general, like, mm -hmm. I think that there's so many questions once you get in nature that will just kind of come to you. They do. Yeah. You know, even like that sound that you first yeah. hear. when you, As soon as we got out of the car. You know, what is that sound? Yeah. You know, and and, and try to guess, you know. We thought it was wind. I, oh, I oh, did. Yeah, yeah, it's wind. <laughs> I totally thought it was wind. Yeah. Um, so, uh, again, a beautiful place. You would swear that you were somewhere out west. Oh, another tip. I heard that um, the water is more rushing in the winter and the spring. Oh, yeah. And it's less so in the summer and the fall. Um, so that is something to keep in mind to know before you go. Um, it was beautiful. I mean, it was a chilly winter day, about 45 degrees. Um the sun finally peaked out um, when we were walking on the trail. Um, yeah, I would I would go there again. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, we have to go there again, basically. Yeah, we'll have a part two <laughs> of this conversation and have yeah. more stuff that we find out or something. Yeah. yeah, because the trail, I mean, we stopped on the trail because we had already gone about one and a quarter mile in. And so we knew we'd have to go that far back. And, you know, my, my kid can kind of get cranky about that sort of thing so so we did turn around but it's still it's a great opportunity it's a mostly flat trail um i i just i hope you go and i hope that you find it just as magical and beautiful as i did mm -hmm. um so this is our first episode of mm -hmm. Sci tripper i hope that there are lots more and if you have you know questions that you want to ask uh, feel free to ask, and we can try to do an episode based on those questions that you have. If you have examples of places that you want to go, or that you want us to go to and explain yeah. using science, um, I would love to do that. Um, this is just my big hobby, and you know, some places that I have in mind for the future 
are like Pickle Springs and Shaw Nature Reserve and Hughes Mountain, Alton. Um, there's just, there's so much to explore in Missouri, you know, so just keep your eyes open. Um, there's always a reason to ask a question. And all right, thanks so much for joining in. Sad trip. <laughs>